Welcome to the Aesthetic Doctor Podcast. We don't shy away and keep secrets here. We empower you with education, telling you the truth about all things aesthetic medicine while encouraging you to be the best version of yourself. It's time to look great and feel good doing it. This is your host, mom, speaker, and board-certified physician, Dr. Judith Forger. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 27 of the Aesthetic Doctor podcast. Today is a real treat because we have a board-certified dermatologist here to answer all of your skincare questions. Dr. Mary Alice Mina is, as I said, a board-certified and Harvard-trained dermatologist and dermatologic surgeon who practices in Atlanta, Georgia. She is also the host of the Skin Real podcast, where she talks about all things skincare. I am so excited to talk to her today. And our episode today is entitled Dr. Mina's Top Five Habits for a Healthy Skin Glow. We welcome Dr. Mary Alice Mina. Welcome, welcome, Dr. Mina. I am so excited that you're here. And, you know, we are going to talk about some of your top habits for healthy skin. My listeners has, have already heard about my top habits, but this is why it's so great to have a dermatologist here. And, you know, we all have different habits. We can all hear things over and over. And I'm sure we've got a lot to learn from you. So why don't you just kind of tell us why habits are really important, why skincare is really important, and what you would recommend to our listeners to look their best selves. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Dr. Borger, for having me on and uh, letting me uh, share my background and knowledge with your listeners. And I was actually, before we recorded, listening to your podcast episode on your top habits. And I'm really pleased to say that they definitely are uh, in line with mine and uh, dermatologist approved. So, (laughs) (laughs) but yes, you know, um, I am asked all the time, you know, how do I get great skin? What's the secret? What do you recommend? And, you know, the, the secret is there's really not one secret. It's really making good conscientious choices, which then become habits and second nature and doing that every day for your entire life. And if you can start early with those habits, even better. And, you know, that's really the secret if there is a secret. Um, But like all habits, right, they are hard and it's hard to, it's hard in the beginning to get them established. But if you really work at it and make a conscious effort, then they become effortless, right? We don't think about brushing our teeth. In fact, I can't wait to brush my teeth in the morning or at night. Uh, So doing things like that, making it part of your daily routine is really the best way to keep your skin healthy for your life. I I feel that same way about washing my face at night or in the morning. You know, I'm so used to the twice a day that when I hear people like crawl in bed with their makeup, I'm just like, ooh, absolutely. I know. Totally. Yes, exactly. I'm thrilled to wash my face. (laughs) All right. Well, why don't you take it away with some of your top habits? Well, you know, first and foremost, I would let your listeners know that the skin is not this separate organ, this separate entity. It is 
part of your, your whole body and your whole overall health. And when you don't take care of your general health, your skin is also not going to be taken care of. So really, it really starts from the inside. And I think people don't necessarily realize how you take care of your body in general and your overall health makes an impact on your skin. So first and foremost, taking care of your body and and knowing that when you're not taking care of it, you are going to see signs in your skin. So I, you know, as, as all doctors recommend, right, eat right, exercise, drink plenty of fluids. And I can kind of break that down further into why I think those are important. Um, you know, starting with water, most of our body is water, believe it or not. And it's so important to drink, you know, the recommendations for adults are between, you know, two and three and a half liters of fluid a day. And I know, there's been times in my life when I was a resident that I think I sustained off of like a diet Coke and coffee and that, you know, was totally unhealthy. So making sure you're drinking water, uh, drinking fluids throughout the day is really going to help your skin stay hydrated. And as we kind of get into colder months, moisturizing is also going to really help with hydration. And I don't like to universally say everyone has to moisturize or there's one type of moisturization that everyone has to follow because everyone's skin is different. I tend to have oilier skin. Uh, as I get older, my skin is getting drier and that does happen. So you have to think about where you are or you have to think about your skin type first and foremost. Do you tend to be oily or do you tend to be dry or do you tend to be both? And uh, what time of year is it? You know, do you live in a very warm, humid climate or do you live somewhere where the winters are long and cold and there's a lot of dry air? So you have to sort of think about that. But in general, moisturizing your skin, if it's feeling tight and dry, is really important as well. Keeping that skin barrier hydrated and protected. Yeah, absolutely. And we definitely, um, you know, believe in individualizing skincare. So I love that you just said that there's not one magic um, moisturizer that it's good for everybody, but really find a product that works for you. And with every habit, like consistency is key, right? Is what you do day in and day out. And if you guys watch the YouTube, Dr. Mina has amazing, flawless skin. So she's (laughs) definitely like practicing what she preaches. You know, I tend to be super dry. So if I don't like use a good moisturizer twice a day, like I get like that crinkly, like yeah, whatever going on. So, you know, it was great because I never had that much acne, but now that I'm older, (laughs) I'm really missing that moisture. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And, And then those of us who had acne are now, you know, have, have skin that's not as dry, but yes, absolutely. Um, it's not one size fits all. You may not need a very thick moisturizer moisturizer. Most of the year, I don't need a moisturizer, but you know, winter months I, I do. So, um, Thinking about that and, um, you know, time of year and, and where you are in your, your life um, makes, makes a difference. So, yeah. um, and then I'd also mention, you know, healthy eating. And of course, again, it's so much easier to say that than to actually uh, do it and commit to it every day. But 
you know, having a balanced diet, eating plenty of uh, lean protein, complex carbohydrates, um, you know, good for you fats, uh, unsaturated fats, those your body needs that um, your cells need all of those components to function. So at where people get into trouble is when they are not eating a balanced diet, they are not getting the nutrients, the antioxidants, the amino acids that their body needs. And even with supplementation, you can still, uh, you're, it's much better to absorb that through your food than, than taking a pill. So having a balanced diet is key for your skin health. Um, I know, but you know, in the olden days, uh, when people were on ships for months and months at a time, they would run out of uh, fresh fruits and vegetables and they became vitamin C deficient. And there's very classic rash that you can get with that, which uh, is called scurvy. So, you know, we know that uh, diets that are deficient in these key components um, can affect your skin. Now, nowadays, it's not so much an issue of, um, you know, malnutrition from, um, what's what I'm trying to say from deficiency, like not food, food is ample, it's available, right? It's just making sure you're, you're getting those fresh fruits and vegetables and lean proteins, and not just eating a lot of processed food, high glycemic index, uh, sugars, things like that. Um, the other area I see this for people who are really into health, but maybe take it too far with a really restrictive diet, uh, where they eliminate all carbs or all, um, all fat. And you can also have problems with that as well, because again, your body needs all of those components for your skin to look and, and feel good. I love that you mentioned that, you know, that brings me back to like another episode we did about your skin post weight loss. Mm -hmm. And the physician we had on talked about that as well, that, you know, sometimes when people do lose weight or restrict their diet, they're just missing some of the key nutrients. And, you know, like we always say sort of shop in the perimeter of the grocery yeah. store versus in the center, because that's where the fresh stuff is. Because like you said, all those things are really building blocks that the cells get everything that they need. And, you know, the skin is like you said, your body's largest organs. And it's amazing what the skin shows. I'm exactly. sure as a dermatologist, you have diagnosed a whole bunch of diseases that weren't maybe even in the dermatologic realm that people said, you know, I have this weird rash and I have this weird spot and the skin kind of, if you're an expert tells you so much, and then you were able to be like, oh, you know what, we should probably check your liver or we should probably check this. <laughs> and you were spot on. So your skin not only can show systemic signs and symptoms of disease, but it can really show your overall health, right? Yes, you are. You are so right. Um, you know, it, it's amazing. The skin is almost like a window to what's going on deeper and internally um, based on how your nails look or your complexion or elasticity. So uh, there's a lot that you can, uh, you can deduce from looking at the skin um, with what's going on internally. Absolutely. And even though those habits are hard, right? What I said in my other episode, and I'll say it again, you know, we talk a lot about procedures and I know you're in a very procedure based um, practice right now. So you do a lot of procedures, but you know, these are really small everyday changes we can all make 
to make our skin look better that don't really cost us that much money or time, right? So we all want, when we ask, uh, you know, women, men, whatever, what do you want? They say like glowing, beautiful skin. So I'm so glad that you're here sharing your expert tips with us. Yeah, you know, absolutely. First, what I'll tell patients, you know, with they come in and they want to, you know, not that they want to spend it, but they're looking for, you know, what can I do to fix this, 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 and this. And a lot of times, you know, I say, well, let's take a step back. Let's treat sort of your baseline skin health first before targeting all these other things. And, you know, I think we sometimes um, get down on ourselves when we're not perfect all the time, or maybe we didn't eat the greatest. We, you know, we disappointed ourselves because we overate yesterday. And, you know, it doesn't mean that today's a failure. It doesn't mean you can't try again today. So, um, you know, I, I know weight loss is hard. I know eating, eating healthy can be challenging. Um, it's so much easier to grab quick, cheap packaged food than to make something yourself. Um, but start slow, start a little bit at a time and set realistic goals. It's going to help not just your skin, but truly every part of your body. And um, so it, it is so critical. And again, worth working at making this a habit that becomes something you don't have to think about all the time. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned all or nothing thinking, because that's really what a lot of people do is they say, well, I had this today. So this whole day is ruined. So might as well <laughs> eat my two pints of ice cream right now. But yeah. really to think about every meal as an opportunity to just even make one healthier choice. You know, maybe today you have half of your plate be veggies and eat those first before you kind of eat your pasta. Or maybe, you know, today you skip the dessert or you share a dessert or, you know, small changes in the right direction. And it doesn't have to be perfect. The aggregate of all those changes really shows it's kind of like, you know, spending money every time you save a dollar at the end of the month, there's right. going to be a lot there. Right. Absolutely. One of the questions I was going to talk, uh, insert right now, as we're talking about diet, mm -hmm. I do have a lot of um, patients that struggle with acne. What are some of the trigger foods for acne and inflammation that you could maybe share with us that those with acne or cysts or inflamed skin are normally by dermatologists advised to avoid? So, you know, the classic one, which is a, a bit of a misnomer is that, um, you know, eating pizza, greasy pizza and, and chocolate are going to cause acne. Now they don't particularly cause acne. S studies have shown that actually eating high glycemic index, uh, foods, very sugary foods, processed foods that can increase inflammation and, and worsen acne. Um, and then also skim milk, which is kind of surprising too. You would think it might be more of the full fat milk, but those are sort of the two food groups that have been shown to, to flare acne. But I think people uh, get down on themselves if they have acne thinking, I did this, it's, it's my bad diet, it's my bad habits that cause that. And really acne is caused by so much more than just your diet. So if you are struggling with acne, then of course, again, eating a balanced diet, not overdoing it with those um, processed foods is important, but it's so much more than just that too. And I, I just find that some 
a lot of times these patients will, will feel like they've done it. It's their fault. And, and there's more to the picture than that. Right. There's all the hormones, there's all the genetics, there's, there's a lot of stuff. So thank you for saying that. All right. I interrupted your habits, (laughs) hydration, we've got healthy eating. What comes next? So one that you mentioned, and I'm really glad uh, is smoking. And thankfully I've seen, uh, I don't, encounter a ton of people who smoke um, in a, uh, although there definitely are, you know, I, I sort of feel like I see these older patients who smoke and they've smoked for years. And then I don't see as many younger patients, but I do see easy cigarettes. And so I want to comment on that too, because I think yes. there's this misconception that e-cigarettes are safe and healthier and uh, don't cause the same problems. But um, if you're worried about your skin health, then, then they do. So um, you know, smoking, nicotine, uh, marijuana, all of these cause uh, problems internally, but, um, you know, your lungs, um, your blood vessels, but um, they cause constriction, you don't get as much oxygen to your skin. And they, you know, it almost has a very telltale sign um, in the skin when someone smokes. And I think we probably all could pick it up, you know, you see, thickening, leathery skin, uh, lines around the mouth, um, sort of a more, um, not a very bright um, complexion, sort of dull. And and that's all from the nicotine and smoking. And um, you also are, if you have to have surgery, poor wound healing. So if, you know, there's a multitude of reasons not to smoke um, sick, or uh, your skin health, you know, should be up there, but it's certainly not the only reason to not smoke. There's so many great health benefits, but um, it's, it's really hard to have glowing skin if you smoke. And that includes e-cigarettes. And I love that you just mentioned those because I absolutely agree. I think so many people either want to believe or there's this myth out there just because it's not an actual cigarette that all of the e-cigarettes, all the vaping, all the marijuana is completely safe when in fact, a lot of it comes with its own health risks. And some of them are the same. Some of them are different, but none of them are really harm-free. Exactly. You know, they may not have as many, you know, chemicals in the e-cigarettes, but you still have the nicotine and the nicotine in it, in and of itself is going to cause problems with your skin um, due to that vasoconstriction. You're not getting as much oxygen to your skin. And, and again, with time, it's going to show. And for those of you who are not medical, what oxygen does is, del- I mean, what vasoconstriction does or constricting the blood vessels means you're not getting all the nitrogen and the oxygen to your skin. And that's what you're body and every cell really needs to breathe and to do its functions. So for the non-medical people out there, that constricting of blood vessels that we get really means that your body not only doesn't get the nutrients, but it also can't flush out all the toxins and all sort of the natural like garbage that's released by the cells doing its thing. So all these toxins kind of build up and new oxygen can't flow in. Yes, absolutely. All right. Number five. Okay. Um, I just did a podcast episode. Now I'm trying, Oh, uh, well, I can't, you can't have a dermatologist on talking about this, uh, the sun. Right. And, um, you know, I, I'm I, surprised this was not your number one. Actually. I know. I know really. Um, 
I, I, I say stay out of the sun, but I realize I should probably reframe it because no one wants to totally stay out of the sun, right? I love being vitamin outdoors. God. <laughs> What's that? Some vitamin D is good. Exactly. You know, we want to live our lives. We, uh, you know, we want to go to beautiful tropical places. Uh, so it's not so much about staying out of the sun. It's more being smart when you're in the sun and, uh, you know, making sunscreen a part of your day to day. So, you know, I don't even think about whether I'm going to put it on. It's just habitual. I wash my face. My sunscreen goes on my face, my neck, anything that is exposed. So arms, if I'm wearing a short sleeve and that I just do every single day, whether it's raining, cloudy, I'm going to work. Um, and, and so that's number one, just making sunscreen part of your day-to-day habit, no matter what your complexion. So that's another misnomer that people think, well, I can tan, I have dark, darker skin. I don't need it. Um, but you do. (laughs) So, um, and then I also above and beyond, because the reality is we're not putting typically as much sunscreen on as you know we really should. Because uh, again, you don't want that sort of pasty white look. Um, so I also love uh, sun protective clothing. So things like hats, um, wearing rash guards at the beach, wearing, um, you know, like I have a little like cardigan that has UPF um, factor 50 in. So when I'm walking around outside, I will put that over my shoulders and my arms. Um, It doesn't keep me hot. It just keeps the sun from having direct contact with my skin. So making these sort of little but conscientious choices when I'm outdoors uh, to protect my skin from the sun is really key. So you can still be outside. You can still do what you enjoy doing, but just be smart about it. Um, Cover up and wear sunscreen. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of UV protective clothing. And also, you know, my kids, they're the ones that wear like the long sleeve rash guards. And I got to say though, when you have kids, that takes about 50% of a little squiggly sand covered body that you don't have to put sunscreen on. So I do actually think that it's a time saver (laughs) at the same time. Like their faces and like the bottom of their shins and you're done versus like having a kit that you have to do all over. So I, actually love the time saving factor. Plus I don't have to try to get my own back if I wear like that whole zip up thing. Yes, totally. Yes. That that's um, definitely a good tip is get a rash guard with a zipper because, because <laughs> they, uh, when they're wet, they are hard to get on and off, but yes, with, not just with kids, but I love them for myself. I personally think they're kind of cute. They're sort of sporty. Yeah, and I was going to say like fashion has really caught up. Like I have some really cute, like Bathing suits like that. Um, so if you're okay with it, I would love. Oh, and then one question to follow up with that. As a dermatologist, what SPF minimum do you recommend? So definitely SPF 30 or higher. Um, you know, we used to say, oh, as high as possible, but you don't have to go crazy. You know, um, if you have an SPF 70, great. Um, there's the difference between an SPF 30 and a 50 or 70 is really, really small, which is why we just say SPF 30 or higher. Um, again, I do find, um, you probably don't rub on as much as you should. So your SPF 30 may be a little bit less. So again, if I had the choice between a 70 and a 30, I'd probably go with the 70 if all things were equal. But again, SPF 30 or higher, and then you want to make sure it says broad spectrum. 
so that it covers UVA and UVB wavelengths. And, um, and so just make sure when you're looking at the bottle, it does cover both of those. Awesome. Well, I love that. I have a couple other questions. Um, Thank you for those habits. Um, If you're okay with that, seeing that we have a dermatologist here, I'm going to give you some of the questions that I get most commonly asked. And um, so first of all, does your skincare have to change with the seasons? So it doesn't, um, it doesn't have to, but I, again, I would base it off of how your skin feels. So and, and it depends where you live. If you live somewhere where it's Florida and it's universally warm year round, your sunscreen is probably not going to change throughout the year. If you're someone who lives in Minnesota, it's probably going to change a little bit. So um, typically in winter months where it's getting colder, you may find you need to um, bump up your moisturizer or include a moisturizer in your in your regimen. You may want to back off of using your retinol products or some of the products that, you know, if you're doing peels, things like that, that might be drying. So again, winter months, you may want to do less of the, the topicals that could dry your skin versus the summertime where it's hot and humid you can, you, you may find you don't need a moisturizer and your skin can tolerate uh, more regular uh, tretinoin or retinol use and peels. And at what age should people do their first kind of skin check with a dermatologist to screen for cancer? So there's some debate about this. Uh, I would say it, it depends. Uh, If you are totally healthy, you don't have a lot of moles, and you haven't gotten a lot of sunburns, you can probably wait until you're in your 30s to get your first skin check. However, you know, if you've got something that you're worried about or a bump, then I would recommend getting in sooner. If you are someone who has a lot of moles or a family history of melanoma, or a history of a lot of sunburns, then I would get in at the age of 18. You know, it's probably not harmful just to get in with a dermatologist and have that sort of baseline screening. Uh, Sometimes people will come see me and I'll tell them, you look great. I don't need to see you, you know, for five years or, you know, a couple of years. Um, So sometimes it's just helpful to go in, let them look you over, and then they can sort of guide you on when, when you should come back. But if you have a strong history of melanoma or a lot of moles, I would say sooner, sooner, the better. And if you have a history of a lot of sunburns, tanning bed use, I would get in sooner as well. Awesome. Thank you. So I know you have done a couple episodes on this on your own podcast. I, for example, remember one very distinctly about vitamin B3 niacinamide, but what are some of your top anti-aging ingredients and skincare that really have good science behind them for anti-aging? Well, so my number one for anti-aging is sunscreen. <laughs> so, yes, God, great. So sort of putting that off the table, um, you know, patients ask me, what's my secret? What do I do? And I, I say lots of sunscreen and lots of Botox. Um, so there has been good science that, that Botox does prevent aging. It um, improves your skin texture and collagen, prevents those uh, etched in lines. Um, 
so, but if you're, if you don't, if you're talking more just like topicals, things like that, my other number one is tretinoin or a retinol. Uh, you can get those over the counter that are a little bit, um, not quite as strong. And then you can get prescri- prescription strength. And, um, excuse me. I, I really find that, um, I don't like to say anything is a magic cream, but I would, I would say that's as close to a magic cream as we can get. It is a vitamin A derivative and we use it in acne patients, but we also use it for anti-aging because it sort of, um, increases cell turnover, minimizes pores. Um, it just, you know, it's, it's really the best anti-aging. If you're just going to use one cream, that should be the one you use. Um, so I'm definitely a big fan of that. Well, you kind of almost hinted on the next question I was going to ask you, what are your favorite aesthetic procedures both to get and to perform? Okay. Uh, well to get would be, would be, I should say botulinum toxin trade name, Botox or, or ZM or Dysport. Um, I find that it just a little bit can go a long way. It can be done really naturally. Uh, I know some, some people get scared off by it from the name even, but it's very safe. And, um, and look at her in my face on zoom. What's We're that? still moving. I said, and all of you who are scared, go to, go to YouTube and look at Dr. Mina. <laughs> That's right. Faces. We're having expression. We're having a normal conversation. It's not two bots talking. That's right. Yeah. It's, um, it can be done. It can be done. Well, I, I just actually did a episode where one of my patients wanted movement so her kids could know when she was angry. <laughs> and so we, <laughs> you know, we, we tweaked her, her dosing so that she still had movement. She just didn't have those etched in lines at rest. Uh, so I think Botox is a great sort of pick me up. It, it can make you look refreshed. Um, it's not a huge commitment with, with money and time. Um, so I really like that. I am also a big fan of uh, chemical peels or uh, laser resurfacing, but um, really I think you can get uh, a lot of bang for your buck with a chemical peel. So um, I just had a lady come in. And she probably could benefit from another, a number of procedures, but I said, you know what, you got to start with a chemical peel. We need to sort of refresh, get a nice complexion because that's going to make everything look better. So, um, sort of improving your complexion, making it look even getting rid of dispigmentation or brown spots, uh, evening it out. That I think is such a slam dunk for so many patients. Um, if you're going to do one thing, I would say a chemical peel or, or laser resurfacing. And, um, what else do I like a filler? I, I love them all. There is so much fun. <laughs> it is so much fun. And of course, everybody has a different sort of place where they start in a different place where they want to end. That's so right. Dr. Mina, thank you so much. It was like such a treat to get like all the tips and tricks from a board certified dermatologist. Now, if you love what Dr. Mina was saying, she has a great podcast. And I I love how the caption is of your podcast. It's called the skin reel, by the way, I subscribe. It's great. And I love how the caption is sort of like, listen to what a real dermatologist says, because I feel like that's exactly what it is. It's sort of like a behind the scenes conversation with a dermatologist. I always say, you know, I want this podcast sort of to be like 
if your best friend was doing aesthetic medicine <laughs> and you could ask them anything. So now you also have a dermatologist best friend. So go follow Dr. Mina and Dr. Mina, just tell all of our listeners where they can find you and what are some of the other things that you maybe offer. Yeah. So uh, thanks so much, Dr. Borger, for having me on. And um, I practice uh, dermatology and most surgery in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, my, uh, my practice name is Bauckham and Mina Derm Surgery. And I also have a podcast, like you mentioned. Um, it's called The Skin Reel. And I'm on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok at Dr. Mina Skin. And I'm sure you'll include those links. Yes, and, we'll uh, link it all in the show notes for you guys. Yeah. So uh, thanks so much for having me. It's always a ton of fun to talk about skin and uh, love doing it. Well, thank you so much. And thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see you next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Aesthetic Doctor Podcast with Dr. Judith Borger. We'd love to connect with you outside of the show. Follow Dr. Borger on Instagram at Dr. Borger and find more online and ways to work with Dr. Borger at www.theaestheticdoctor.com. Until next time, be well.